Hello, welcome to the North Church Parent Podcast. My name is Christian Velez. I'm the student pastor here at North Church, and we have created this podcast to help you parents navigate difficult conversations with your children. And I'm excited that you're here with us. And let me tell you that we are in every digital platform, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure that if this is uh, blesses you, for you to send it to somebody else. Um, we are having a great conversation today that I'm excited. I have Candy Jones with us, and she oversees our North Kids area here at uh, North Church. Candy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having this conversation that I know is going to bless a lot of people today. Can you tell everyone that is watching and listening what you do here in North Church? Yes. So like you said, I am over all of kids. So from birth through fifth grade. Um, so that's that's basically what I do. That's a lot. There's a lot of things that go along with that. And let me tell you that Candy and I did the very first podcast mm -hmm. here at the North Church Parent Podcast and we had a great conversation about how to have the conversation about sex with your children. And I want to encourage you to go and watch that because she gave us incredible advice on how to have the conversation, where to have it, what to say, what not to say. So make sure that you watch that. And I'm glad that you're here with us today. And we're talking about parenting. As you know, we have centered this podcast around Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And normally we always talk about how to have conversation with children and how to, last episode we talked about sin, how to have the conversation about sin with your children. Today we're having a different kind of conversation. This conversation is more for parents uh, and it's a question that was submitted to our email parents at North that church. And I want to say thank you so much. And we want to answer your questions. But before we go into the question, I'm going to touch this to Christian Melman, uh, one of our North Kids coordinator, and he is going to do our icebreaker. Hey, Candy, I'm so glad you're joining us for our parent podcast today. I'm excited for this conversation we're about to have. I'm going to ask you an icebreaker question real quick. Um, and it's a little bit of a trick question, but me and Tressa do not count as you are uh, our North Church mom here as our as our director and oversight. Um, but how many kids have you raised? How many kids have you raised? I'm going to throw it back to you. Well, that's a fun question. So actually, I have raised four children. Well, I haven't quite raised four children. Okay. I have two still in my home, but I I have <laughs> raised two that are now adults and I have two more. Yeah. And those two are not your children. Correct. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to raise children that are not, that are not your own. And maybe you're watching and you're raising your own children, but you know of somebody close to you, close to a family member that is raising children that are not their own. And I'm excited to have this conversation because as a student pastor, I talk to many families that uh, are raising children or not their own, or maybe you're a grandparent right. and you're raising uh, your grandchildren as your own. Right. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation. Uh, tell me a little bit about, about the two children that you raised uh, that were not your own. So my husband and I, Todd um, and I, we actually took in my niece and my nephew. Um, 
I don't know. I couldn't tell you what year it was, but they were six and 10 when they came to live with us. So my nephew was six and my niece was 10. Um, So, you know, just the easy years of childhood. (laughs) (laughs) At least you probably didn't have to change diapers. That's true. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So tell me about how was it in the beginning stages of of that transition of getting the children to you because they have mom and dad and now they are coming to live with you. Right. So I, Todd and I were not parents. We had been married for several years at that point, but we were not parents at that point. So taking in kids, I want a funny story I have. I, every time we got in the car to go to school, I was like, do you have your shoes on? Does not everybody have their <laughs> shoes on? Like I, I just like there, it's a lot going from taking care of yourself to having to take care of other people, you know? I can imagine that because yesterday I made breakfast and I left the house and I would I had to call Natalie. Can you make sure I turn off the stove? <laughs> I can imagine having children all the did I do this? Did I do that? Did I close the garage? Yeah. Which I normally just I'm out of the neighborhood and I have to come back. I don't know if I close the garage. I can't imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah there was a uh, lot of that. Uh, luckily, they were able. I was a teacher at the time, okay. and they were both able to come to the school where I taught. So that made things a little easier. Yeah. They that transition was a little easier. I was able to put them in classrooms where I knew the teachers, and I could. I knew those teachers were going to support them well. Um. But it was a big transition for us, for sure. I'm sure going from no kids to kids that are in school. Right. <laughs> that you skipped a lot of steps into it. And a lot of parents that are raising children that are not their own, not everyone get them with their babies. Right. You know, some of them get them when they are six Older. through 10 yeah. or even in the teenage years. And each stage uh, brings its own challenges. Now, I've never done this before, and uh, I I wouldn't know. How did the families and friends support you in this transition while you have the children? Because I would like to support the people that are around me. I know yeah. of friends that uh, adopted or are in the foster uh, care system trying to, you know, foster kids. How can we uh, help out? Because it's a different set of challenges than when they're your own children. Right, right, right. So... Like I said, we went from having no children to having children overnight. Yeah. And um, they came with a very small bag of stuff, very small bag of clothes, um, I maybe a few toys. Like, I don't even remember wow. very much. So, and that's pretty typical. They were not in foster care, but that's pretty typical when you take in a foster child. They usually come with nothing. Um, my friends at school actually threw me kind of a baby shower Mm -hmm. and they knew the ages of the kids. And so they just bought us things that we needed that you need when you have kids in your house, you know, and that was just so amazing. Um, In addition to that, our small group just rallied around us and loved those kids like they had been there all the time. And it was it was so refreshing and so needed. You know, um, one thing, if you aren't in the situation and you want to help, one big thing, I would say, like Todd and I went from just being us to being us with kids. And we really Mm -hmm. needed time to ourselves. So like because you're used to that and all of a sudden it's like 
Yeah. Offering a date night maybe, or like just help. How can I help? You know, can I bring you a meal? Can I, whatever it is, because there's a big transition period in there. If not the entirety of the time that those kids are with you, like it's, it's difficult. Thank you for sharing that because I know I have friends that, that are doing some of that or they're raising their uh, siblings, children. And I'm always like, I don't know what to do. What can I say? What can I not say? What do they need? And I think just being, being open and offering uh, the help from time to time could, could help a lot. So community is important. So important. You talked about your small group. Mm -hmm. How important was having that spiritual family support in your life to pray with you? Oh, so, so much. Like I, besides there were a few pastors at church that I spoke to quite often. Um, in addition to that, just yeah. having small group leaders for my kids too, mm-hmm. like be, having that extra adult that was speaking into them um, was so important. But there were so many things that happened, things that came up yeah. that were out of our wheelhouse. Like I, I remember Todd and I sit, often sitting down and going, what are we doing with this? And yeah. – um, we really tapped into counseling. We we had a, a wonderful Christian counselor that we saw. Sometimes it was me. Sometimes it was Todd and I. Sometimes it was just the kids. Sometimes it was all of us. And we really thought that that, I mean, that really helped. There are just things that you are not equipped to deal yeah. with. And sometimes you need a professional, yeah. whether that's a counselor or a pastor yeah. or getting advice or thoughts from mm-hmm. someone who's been there yeah. is really important. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us. Now, what is something that you wish you had thought on regard of raising them? So before they came to live yes. with us? Yes. Well, and how can you encourage somebody that is doing this to think about these things? Here's the thing. Anytime a child leaves their home, no matter how, I don't want to say bad, you know, but no matter what the circumstance they're coming from, anytime they're leaving their parent, the parent that's raising them and going into a new home is trauma. Oh yeah. Every, like if, I mean, there's probably likely more trauma that you don't know about Mm -hmm. that starts bubbling up as you move, you know, forward. And it takes so much grace and so much patience mm-hmm. and so much love for you to be able to deal with that in a healthy way. Um, we leaned on counselors a lot. I remember going to my counselor off every week, like just what do I do with this? How do I handle this? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, they, now that I have kids of my own, I do not my my kids I can I can do certain things say certain things to them respond to them in certain ways that I could not with my niece and because nephew because of the trauma that they because of the trauma yeah oh, wow. and the the experiences that they came into my house with you know they they probably had memories they so probably, many so yeah. many and like imagine if you were to up and leave your house and go live with someone else like. That's a lot. Like yeah. everything has changed for my niece and nephew. We moved we moved them to a different state. They lived in California. We lived in Nevada. And so they had to change friends. They had to change schools, 
everything changed for them. I can imagine because when I moved here from Puerto Rico to here, it was a shock. Right. And I came with my family. Right. And how difficult that was being unplugged from your, from everything that you know, and now you're in a different place with a different set of parents. Right. So there's a lot of trauma involved into that. Now, um, you talked about canceling, uh, going with them. How beneficial was that for you and Todd as a couple? And how beneficial was that with raising the children? I don't think that our marriage probably would have survived this wow. without a counselor. Like I, looking back, that was the hardest years of our marriage. And we've been married for 23, 24 years this summer. And that was so difficult to step into that position. We had no idea how difficult that was going yeah. to be. It puts a lot of stress on your relationship. Um, like I said, just the change from it's just the two of you to, oh, now there's these other people who yeah. are around all the time yeah. and that need to be fed and need to be cared for. And probably a different schedule than you. Oh, <laughs> definitely. It was, it was, it was really, yeah. really hard. And like making time for our marriage was important. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, how do you do that? Like, I have these kids. Can they stay by themselves? I don't know that. They, like, you know, we weren't parents. Yeah. We like, how do I? How do we figure all this yeah. out? And luckily, our our community stepped up and really helped out with that. Yeah. But it's it's it was rough. And our I will say that my my nephew lived with us for three years, and then he went back to his mom. Yeah. Um, my niece lived with us for six years, so from ten to sixteen. Yeah, you know. The easy years of raising a girl. So um, so now that my girls are encroaching on teenage years, I'm like, You've been oh, there before. I, we've done this. Like, we can do this again. In a different circumstance. Exactly. <laughs> that was survived. much harder, I hope. Yes. I hope. So, yes. yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I, I always talk to, you know, parents and honestly, friends, the importance of professional counseling, especially Christian counseling. Absolutely. Because that use scripture to help you. Uh, um, I I am so for it because like, for example, me and Natalie, we go every quarter uh, for two marriage counseling and it has helped us so much. And it's just a great reminder for me how I have to love my wife. Like Christ loved the church. Right. Um, and I cannot imagine honestly surviving her first couple years of marriage without counseling. And being in a situation like you were, right. how important that was for your marriage, how important was that for the children that you were raising. So uh, if you are part of North Church, or if you're not part of North Church, but you're watching this, you can reach out to us. We have a great groups of counselors that we recommend, that we send our church family to, that are- That part we see. <laughs> that we see. <laughs> so we want to make sure that that's also available uh, for you. So make sure that you reach out to us if you- uh, needed, if you know somebody that needed mm -hmm. as well. Now, let's talk about the relationship with the uh, family, with the parents. Uh, so the question that I have is, uh, what did the relationship with the biological parents look like? Okay, so... Because I know that that's different for everyone. Right, right. And that's what yeah. I was going to say. It really is different in every single situation. Mm -hmm. In our situation, we were really hopeful that these kids were going to be able to be reunited with their mother. Um, but their mother at the beginning was 
had to go into a mandated program. Yeah. And so she was not available. Mm-hmm. These kids were either going to live with us or they were going into foster care. Yeah. Um, so that was difficult for us. There was a solid two years where there was no communication. Um, for us, we went through the process of getting permanent legal guardianship mm-hmm. because because of the situation, we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure our focus was on the kids. We want to make sure that they're safe, that they are in an environment where they are going to be thriving, yep. period. And so that was the way that we could protect against that. And so when when it was my sister, when my sister started to reach out and start communicating with the kids, you know, we let them communicate as often and as much as they wanted, but we lived in two different states. So it wasn't like she was down the street. Yeah. Um, but, and I'll also say, um, before these kids lived with us, they spent a lot of time with my parents. And so there was some boundaries that had to be made there too, because you don't need to parent these kids anymore. Like we have said, we're going to do this. And so I remember having that conversation a lot with my mom. Nope. Like, this is not your decision. Like we're, we got this. We're trying to build structure. Right. Right. And it's hard when you have all these voices thinking that they want to, you know, insert themselves. And sometimes those are good voices, but sometimes you just need to pray and be a couple and come up with those decisions on your own. And so that was hard. And then reuniting with, with mom, um, was really, really difficult. I, I remember the day, you know, my nephew really wanted to go back and live with her, which is why he left sooner. And we, of course, we're like, we support that, you know, we want, we want you to be reunited. And so we went to court and it was so heartbreaking for Mm -hmm. me because I didn't know what the future held. And so I, I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. I cried for two weeks after that. Like, did I make the right decision? What if we did the wrong thing? And and I know, like, it's not under my, it's not in my control. Yeah. Like, it's not. Like, this is, God's got this. But it's really hard when you're in this situation. You know, these kids have been plopped into your lap, and then you're like, okay, and now they're gone. And that is heartbreaking. It's almost a grieving process you have to go through, yeah. you know? And I know I I have lots of friends who've done foster care, and that, it's the same same, really the mm-hmm. same for them, like that grieving process. Yeah. But I would say boundaries are the most important mm-hmm. thing, you know? And, and like I said, like we said at the beginning, it's every situation is different. Yeah. So whatever those boundaries need to be for you to keep your family unit healthy. Make them really clear. Yes. You know? Yes. Black and white. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, there's a lot of things I didn't know. I know people that are raising children that are not their own. But I sometimes I don't understand the situation that they're in, and uh, sometimes I don't know how to help. And that's the whole idea of this uh, podcast is to to help you parents, or for you to share this with somebody that is going through these things. Because one of the things that I you know I've heard you need community. Mm-hmm. Kids are gonna come with trauma. Mm-hmm. You need to set boundaries in in those relationships that right. you have. Now, what would you tell what would you tell parents that are raising children that are not their own? Because you already done it. They don't live with you anymore. Some of you are now getting them or it's been a year or two since since you got them. 
what would you what would you tell them? I would say hang in there. Okay. Like it's it's difficult. Yeah. And you know, all the things we already talked about. Lean into mm -hmm. your community, you know, let people help you. Don't feel yeah. like you need to do it all on your own. Um, I don't think that's how we're meant to walk through this world. Yeah. And so let people, let people help you yeah. and just hang in there and remember that even though you might make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Like things can be, even if you lose it, you can still regain that trust and that, um, confidence afterwards. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. And I, I'll tell you that we did not do it perfectly. Like there are situations that I can point to and said, that was terrible. Like yeah. I really messed that up. Yeah. But you know, these two kids that we raised are hard working adults. Now they have good jobs. Mm -hmm. They live on their own. They support themselves. They, and so I can look at that and say, okay, yeah. I played a part in that. Yeah. You know? Well, we, with the scripture I read in the, in the top, you only experience that for several years. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Right. And even when he's old, he will never depart from it. They might only live with you for two, three years. Right. Or they might live with you 18 years. Right. They say, as a parent and as a Christian parent, we have that responsibility to train them in the right way. And at the end, they make their own decisions. Right. You said something uh, the other day when we were talking about this podcast. And you said how you're supposed to live. Yes. This, you remember? Yes, I and do. And to me, it was like, wow. I, and this is something I really took from this situation in my life. Yeah. Um, you, when you are raising someone else's ch children, when you are fostering children, you have to live every day like these kids are going to be with you forever. And you have to live every day like they could leave tomorrow. And which means yeah. you have to be totally content where you are. You cannot look too far into the future and you can't, you can't assume that they are going to be with you yeah. forever. And that was a big life lesson for me, yeah. um, at 20 something years old, yeah. you know? And so that was tough, yeah. but I, I feel like now fast forward, you know, 10, 15 years and I, I still live that way. Yeah. I still live in that contentedness yeah. of he, we we got to live right here. This is what God gave us. Yep. And this is where we are. That is so awesome. When you said that the other day, I was like, oh, wow, that is, that is, that is good. You know, cause in that, that's an encouragement for you parents that are raising children of your own, uh, live today. Like, like they're, they're going to be here forever, but also live like they can live tomorrow. Right. So, cause that way you will love them 100% instead Every of, day. uh, they're going to live in two weeks. No, right. you're going to love them, uh, regardless of. Candy, thank you so much for joining us, being part of the Nortridge Parent Podcast. For everything that you do at Kids. can you tell parents about the mom's group that you have? Yeah, I yeah. lead an amazing mom's group. It's and really I will cool. say, I will say, it is, I do not attribute any of it to me. <laughs> like, it is all God. We started, I want to say, five or six years ago with five moms. And from there, we have built a group up 
And I think there are 30 moms on yeah. our roster right now. Uh, we meet Tuesday mornings from 9.30 to 11.30. Some of our moms have little kids, and so we offer free childcare yeah. um, here at the church. And we do all kinds of things. We, we do studies together. We go to breakfast together. We do service projects together, all kinds of things, and just grow together and yeah. learn from each other and support each other. And it is the most amazing yeah. place. Um, I just, I know, I know that there are lots of moms that have like come and go, you know, cause their life has changed. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone that I talk to is like, I just like, there's a special place in my heart for yeah. this group. And I, it's so special. I wish, and my goal, honestly, is that every single stay-at-home mom at North Church would be in this group. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's so good. And you don't have to have babies. Nope. If for, for moms. It's awesome to see. So if you would like more information, you can also send us a message in the email. If you have any questions that you would love for us to discuss, send it at North, uh, parents at North.Church, and we will talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to like, subscribe, and please share this episode with somebody who needs to hear this or somebody who has somebody close that are raising children that are not their own. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>